0: Hi everyone, this is Jamie Costello and I welcome you to the Cothogenic Show. My mission is to share with you the knowledge of top nutritionists, biohackers, bioidentical hormone experts, and geneticists so that you can improve your life, feel younger, energize your brain, and perform at a higher level than you ever thought possible. Today is the fourth and final part of our series with Dr. Michael Gallitzer, discussing his new book, Outstanding Health. In this podcast, we discuss why hormone health is critical to achieving outstanding health. You'll be surprised to hear what other hormones need to be treated before we talk about estrogen and testosterone. We also talk about heart and brain disease. Here, you'll be shocked to know that the standard blood test your doctor orders to test your cholesterol only gives your physician some very limited information about your cholesterol and heart health let's get started to optimizing your health well we're all the way down to step six hard to believe we've we've uh, covered so much material and this one i think a lot of people have become familiar with which is bioidentical hormone replacement therapy suzanne summers obviously wrote a lot about it you've been in interviewed in a lot of her books and I think most men think of this as the commercials they see on TV the, for testosterone, and women think about it as estrogen. And I think we all think about it uh, just that uh, maybe it's because we're aging and these hormones decline. But uh, why, why do our hormones decline?
1: Is it just aging that causes it? Uh, no, it's the other way around. It's the decline of hormones that uh, cause aging. And again you know it's the great you know word called stress uh, which again I, I don't like to use that word I'd rather call it a challenge but and uh, and again most people see stress as a threat uh, I think ultimately you got to change your story and see stress as a as a challenge or as a positive thing but let's talk about the way most people look at it and uh, there's stress out there there's mental stress there's emotional stress there is uh, nutritional stress uh, there's environmental stress, there's uh, electromagnetic stress, there's physical stress, you get hurt in an accident uh, of some sort. And so ultimately, the adrenal glands secrete the stress hormones. And uh, the adrenal glands are what I refer to as uh, the major hormonal glands, adrenal and thyroid. Think of the thyroid as as the carburetor in your car and the adrenals as the accelerator. Uh, They're the key hormones along with insulin which is, um, so we'd like the adrenals to be strong, the thyroid to be strong, and the adrenals or the or the insulin to be low. And so those are the three major hormones, whereas the estrogen, the progesterone, and the testosterone, I would refer to as the minor hormones, even though Suzanne made the whole term bioidentical extremely popular. Now, they're very good, uh, but we always want to get the major hormones strong first. And so... Uh, uh, as an example, in women, if you're really stressed and say you're in your 40s, what will happen is is that the adrenals represent survival and the ovaries represent reproduction. Cut out your ovaries, cut out a man's testicles, you're going to live. Cut out your adrenals, you're not going to live. And so the body has this uh, wants to maintain this hierarchy of survival being the most important thing. So if the adrenals are tired, the body will convert the estrogen the adrenals to de- from the ovaries to DHEA and the progesterone from the ovaries to cortisol to maintain survival at the expense of reproduction. The woman will get depleted of her uh, estrogen and progesterone and start having menopausal symptoms because the adrenals are weak from chronic stress. And so ultimately, if you're going to successfully treat that person, you're going to want to re- uh, replace the estrogen and the progesterone, but also treat the adrenals simultaneously. So bioidentical hormones uh, are very, very important. Uh, I use them with many, many uh, patients. Uh, when a woman gets depleted, estrogen and progesterone, she gets night sweats, insomnia, hot flashes, vaginal dryness, itchy, bitchy. Uh, Suzanne had a couple of these uh, terms to uh, explain the uh, emotional ups and downs of women. And... Uh, you know, I've seen women just sleep like babies after the first day of being on bioidentical hormones uh, without having any more hot flashes. So I find this to be incredibly important. They do not cause cancer. They're uh, uh, anything but that. And they probably promote health, especially in the context of the way uh, I use them because, we're again, we're looking to reduce toxicity, keep all the key organs strong. And when you're doing that, then bioidentical hormones, uh, which are made from yams, by the way, the estrogen the progesterone and the testosterone are made from yams and uh, they're safe again not only they're safe but they're incredibly helpful when done the right way which is you know the way we've talked about in the book Uh, get the toxins out strengthen the key organs and they're like uh, icing on the cake What i find amazing
0: and there was just an article in the wall street journal this past week on the thyroid and how difficult it is to get doctors to diagnose thyroid problems and i guess for those of us that do blood tests regularly uh, we've gone beyond the tsh test which uh, is typically in your blood panel but really doesn't tell doctors very much about your overall thyroid health and uh, so this is a constant problem and i know the thyroid can cause issues weight gain fatigue depression all sorts of things how do you how do you find out uh in your practice whether people have issues with their thyroid
1: that's a great question uh, basically you know the thyroid works on a feedback loop uh the pituitary gland makes tsh your thyroid stimulating hormone to stimulate the thyroid to work better And so if the thyroid's tired, then the TSH will go up. If the thyroid's not tired, you'll have a normal TSH. And so, uh, but frequently the TSH can be normal, yet people can have thyroid symptoms that you just talked about. And so basically the TSH as a blood test is not enough. Uh, What's more important is that you need to get a free T3 and a free T4. Now, T stands for thyroid, Uh, the thyroid makes Thyroid hormone, which is called T4, 80% of that is T4, 20% is T3. But more importantly is that the T4 gets converted to T3 by the organs and glands, especially the liver and the kidneys, and it's T3 that is the active uh, metabolic hormone at the cellular level. So the higher your T3 is, essentially, the more efficient your thyroid system is. And so a lot of people have a normal TSH, and that that normal is getting lower and lower. It used to be 0 to 4 being normal, now it's 0 to about 2 or 2.5. They'll have a normal TSH, but their free T3 uh, will be uh, too low. And that's a sign there's not enough thyroid T3 getting to the cellular level, which will cause the symptoms of low thyroid. So we use a lot of uh, natural uh, thyroid. Uh, It can be compounded. You can use armor thyroid, nature thyroid. Uh, Again, they're prescriptions. Uh, but they can be very, very helpful. Now in some people Synthroid can be helpful too because some people, thyroids are sluggish and they're able to convert the T4 to T3. So again you can follow these people up with blood tests but you really need a free T3, free T4 and a, uh, a TSH. Now there's some doctors out there that will see normal free T3s, normal free T4s, normal TSHs but the patients will still complain of thyroid symptoms uh, and those doctors will start people on natural thyroid, and sometimes it can be extremely helpful. You know, it's probably the safest hormone or drug out there, thyroid hormone, whether it be uh synthroid or uh, natural thyroid. And as long as you find people up with blood tests uh, to make sure that you're not giving too much, uh, it's really, really safe and really, really beneficial. But again, the caveat is just make sure that the adrenals are strong, too. Uh, because the adrenal weak adrenals can cause a lot of symptoms uh, uh, that uh, people think are due to the thyroid so you always treat the adrenals first and then the thyroid second so again thyroid really really important the carburetor your car adrenals may be more important the accelerator your car and it's interesting to me
0: that uh, obviously we talked about earlier uh, in this conversation about blood tests and saliva tests and urine tests and which ones are important for which. And uh, it's constantly amazing to me that physicians really uh, really just want to send you to an endocrinologist. They have no idea most uh, or don't have the time to talk about all these blood tests or know which ones are most appropriate. And for example, in my own case, uh, talking about adrenals, I was concerned that I was a little burned out from low energy, overwork, and my blood test for cortisol was fine, but you had me do a saliva test for cortisol, and basically I didn't have any. So when the bear came to uh, kill me, I was just going to uh, stand there and take it like a man. So it is important to have a physician like yourself who can uh, order the right tests.
1: Yeah, the uh, traditional approach to looking at the adrenals is to do an 8 a.m. cortisol. And, uh, you know, but when you've got somebody coming at you with a needle at 8 a.m. fasting, your cortisol is going to go up. So frequently you'll see fairly normal cortisols. Yet the best way to measure the uh, adrenals is with the saliva at every four hours. And that way you can pick up, you know, the weak adrenals. Sometimes they're normal at 8 a.m., but they're weak at noon or really weak at 4 p.m. So if you do a saliva test, you can really find out the health of the adrenals, and that would probably be the key saliva test to do for hormones.
0: So we haven't talked much, you know, just in general about the sex hormones, and I guess women and men both uh, see symptoms of uh, this at different ages, but I guess my question to you today is, at what age do women typically need hormone replacement therapy?
1: Basically in their 40s, many women will have uh, progesterone decline. That's the first hormone to decline. And they'll complain of uh, maybe trouble sleeping, uh, trouble with their periods. Their periods are no longer 28 days, they're shorter. Uh, One month, they may be 26 days. The next month, they may be 20 days. The bleeding pattern is different at the menstrual cycle. They may have PMS uh, symptoms that occur both physical and or emotional. And so progesterone is the first one to decline, and a lot of women uh, in their 40s will uh, have low progesterone levels, especially if you measure them on day 21. That's the best time to, uh, of their cycle, the best time to measure a blood test for progesterone. Now, as far as the uh, estrogen is concerned, it's very up and down during the 40s for a lot of women. So one day they may have high levels of estrogen, and the next day they may have low levels of estrogen. So if you draw your blood test and find out that they're normal estrogen, but low progesterone, you may be missing the fact that they may need some estrogen too. And uh, you know they'll have hot flashes, night sweats, so certainly if they have that, they have low estrogen. But in their 40s, the estrogen can be up and down where the progesterone will start get, uh, getting less and less as you get uh, more advanced into your 40s. Now I've seen low progesterone in, their, in people in their 30s too. Again, if the adrenals are tired, you're going to drain that progesterone from the ovaries and you can convert it to cortisol to maintain survival. So blood tests are very, very helpful. The history is very, very helpful. Uh, examination is very, very helpful. And it really is, uh, you know, it's pretty simple to, uh, to get a woman back on track uh, if you really listen closely and do the proper testing. It sounds
0: like you really need to get the baseline test. So for people out there, it's important to know where they're at in their 40s and to get these baseline tests. Absolutely.
1: Uh, now, men in their uh, men seem to uh, be okay with testosterone in their 40s, uh, but in the 50s and 60s, it starts going down. Now you can get a blood testosterone level uh, and look for uh, total and free testosterone. It's very clear. Now the interesting thing about with men is that the range is very, uh, like 300 to 1,000. So a lot of people look at 350 and say, "Well, you're in the normal range," uh, but in effect, uh, you know that person could be used to being 750. And so there's a difference between normal and optimal. And so if you're having symptoms like you're tired, you've lost your mojo, uh, you're irritable. Uh, some people with low testosterone men have uh, uh, hot flashes, night sweats, uh, and your your muscle mass is going down, you're at the gym, and you, you, you can lift and lift and nothing seems to be happening with your muscles. Uh, those are all signs that your testosterone is low, which again can be confirmed with a blood test, and we want to have optimal, not low. So testosterone really, really important. There are some guys in their 40s that have low testosterone, and what we like to do there is not only give them testosterone replacement, but also give them HCG, which helps stimulate your own testicles. It's an injection subcutaneously uh, three times a week, twice a week, to help uh, boost your testo- uh, testicular production of testosterone at the same time that you're getting some replacement of testosterone. So HCG can be very, very helpful. Again, you've got to do a blood test first. Now, women, Uh, testosterone can be very, very helpful for women too, uh, especially for uh, uh, their libido. After you've given them estrogen and progesterone, uh, just one, two, three, four milligrams of testosterone as a cream uh, can be very, very helpful. Now, there are other ways. People put pellets, estrogen pellets for women, testosterone pellets for women. Uh, People use pellets for men. And these pellets last for about there have to be, you have to make a small slit in the skin uh, with a scalpel under a, you know, some novocaine or procaine or xylocaine and uh, insert the pellets. And they usually last for about three months. So uh, pellets can be very very helpful. Uh, for men, testosterone is usually given as a cream uh, or as a shot. Now uh, as a shot, if you're overweight you don't want to do the shot because fat cells will convert the testosterone to estrogen cream would be a lot better. Uh, The cream is every day 100 milligrams as a rule, whereas the shot in say a thin person is uh, once a week, uh, some some 100 milligrams once a week. Some people are doing 50 milligrams uh, every three days. The reason being is that when you inject testosterone it goes up pretty quickly, but by day three, three and a half it starts falling. So if you're giving half that amount every three days you prevent the fall. And again uh, testosterone injectable, testosterone is a cream, testosterone as pellets. Women can have testosterone as pellets, testosterone is a cream. Estrogen is a cream. And in women, progesterone can help them sleep better if it's given as a pill. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways, uh, to per- depending on the person's situation, to administer these biogenical hormones.
0: I put together this special series of conversations with some of the leaders in integrative healthcare to give you the tools I used to achieve optimal health. If you want to regain your youthful energy and look and feel years younger, my company, Clothogenics, can apply the discoveries in gene science to your genetic profile to determine the best diet, supplements, and exercise program for your body and its metabolic factors. We analyze 260 different gene variants prepare a truly individual program for you for diet, exercise, supplements to achieve optimal health. You also get a 90-minute consultation to discuss your program and we can arrange follow-up consultations to answer questions, provide updates, and to discuss your progress. Call me today at 1-866-761-7773 or go to my website clothogenics.com K-L-O-T-H-O G-E-N-I-C-S to find out how easy it is to get your genetic profile and get started. There's no better way to achieve your health goals than this. Well, a couple other things quickly while I have you here, Michael, is I think we need to talk a bit about heart disease and brain disease. And I know in my case, uh, I was a normal guy, uh, I, somewhat normal, I guess, um, had high cholesterol, uh, normal blood pressure, no history of heart disease, um, low triglycerides even, uh, but not very high HDL. But the protocol was for my physician to put me on uh, a statin. and the goal being to lower my LDL down to below 80. So I did that for a long time and before I started on this journey to outstanding health. And I found out later, obviously, statins have side effects. Uh, And of course, in the same period in time, the AMA has changed the rules. And today I wouldn't even be considered for a, a statin. What can we talk about with heart disease? What is causing it uh, what kind of treatments are out there for it but what do you see in your practice
1: well I think cholesterol is uh, overrated uh, number one not uh, just because you're at the uh, scene of the crime doesn't mean that you cause the crime when I was an intern way back about four years ago normal cholesterol was under 300 uh, now it's under 200 and uh, some people think that 180 is still too high and so you know, the traditional tests that you do, the blood tests, you doctor order a cholesterol and HDL, the good cholesterol, and the LDL, the bad cholesterol, it's not enough. Number one is, is that, and also triglycerides. So triglycerides are another fat component in the blood. Uh, they're important to be low or at least uh, under 100. Uh, and they, when they're high, it's because the insulin is high from too many carbohydrates. So let's get back to cholesterol. Cholesterol can be high from stress. Race car drivers have a 100-point increase in uh, cholesterol after a race. Cholesterol can be high from a sluggish liver, and cholesterol can be high from what's called insulin resistance, where the, uh, a person eats too many carbohydrates, insulin goes up, and the body store uses insulin to store fat, and cholesterol goes up. Uh, secondly, You really need an advanced lipid panel. The LDL by itself is a number is not enough. And the reason being is is that there there are different types of LDL particles. There are large LDL and there's small LDL. Now if you have large LDL particles those will not get into the blood vessel wall and cause the build up of plaque. Small LDL particles will. So if you had a high LDL, but the high LDL was large LDL particles, in effect, you're protected and don't need anything. Well, If you had a high LDL and you had small particles, that might be another story. So you can't just base it all on this traditional standard lipid panel. You've got to do the advanced lipid panel. Secondly, you need to look at CRP, C-reactive protein, because that's the measure of inflammation. And if your uh, cholesterol is high, your LDL is high, your particle size is small and your CRP is high, well then you do really have to do something about your lipids. But you know the new research just shows that certainly men over 75 should never get a statin. Most women don't need statins. And statins are certainly indicated in somebody who has bona fide heart disease and uh, you know doesn't really follow a healthy lifestyle. Uh, but there's so many things you can do for, you know, a healthy lifestyle to lower your cholesterol that Stents are really uh, over-treated, over-prescribed, and uh, as you say, do have side effects. And so uh, when we look at heart disease, inflammation is really important. So everybody should be taking fish oils to reduce inflammation. Curcumin, uh, which is the active ingredient in turmeric, uh, reduces inflammation. What I've looked at and the research seems to point to is that the heart rate variability plays a role in all this essentially you've got the sympathetic action-oriented nervous system and the parasympathetic balancing nervous system. There's a lot of evidence that suggests that a chronically weak parasympathetic nervous system sets you up for a heart attack and then if you have a sympathetic stress, whether it be emotional, whether you do a 10k run, uh, that combination of the sympathetic stress on top of a weak parasympathetic nervous system uh, can set in motion the rupture of the plaque, which can lead to the heart attack. So my approach has always been: how can we strengthen the parasympathetic nervous system and uh, balance the sympathetic nervous system in a way to prevent these things? So you can eat potassium-rich foods, strengthening the parasympathetic. You can take magnesium to weaken the sympathetic, to modulate the sympathetic nervous system. Other parasympathetic things that you can do: peppermint tea you can sing out loud, you can gargle, you can take hold your breath and say A-E-I-O-U. Uh, so there are a bunch of little exercises that one can do, deep breathing, to strengthen your parasympathetic nervous system so that even if you do have a sympathetic stress, you won't start this cascade that ultimately leads to a heart attack or myocardial infarction.
0: So lastly, let's uh, cover the the brain. Everybody now seems to uh, have some family member or friend uh, with a type of brain disease, whether it be Parkinson's, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's. How do we protect our brain? Are there diet, ideas, supplements, brain exercises we can do? What, what is the, your thought there for the brain?
1: Well, I think you got to start by eating right, Jamie, and also by exercise. I think those are the two keys. Exercise is so essential for brain health. And eating the right foods. Again, you know, you've got this Ferrari uh, and you want to uh high octane fuel and you want to take it to the track and work it up. So that's really, really key. Now there's a bunch of nutrients or curcumin or uh, turmeric, very important, resveratrol, very important, vitamin D, very important, uh, hooperazine, are or herbs that are very, very important. And uh those are some acetyl carnitine, acetyl L-carnitine, very, very important, uh, lipoic acid, uh, vitamin C. Uh, so there's a bunch of nutrients that'll, that'll help the brain. I think that you've got to keep your brain active. Uh, again, physical activity, uh, there's this whole new thought about neuroplasticity where we can... Uh, Uh, If we continue to exercise our brain, continue to learn, continue to read, then uh, new circuits can form in the brain. I personally think that there's a lot of uh, toxicity seems to be a huge issue. Uh, Gluten can cause toxicity within the brain uh, just as readily as it can cause toxicity in the gastrointestinal system. Uh, So gluten is a real big issue that you really want to avoid. And heavy metals can uh, cause effects on the brain. We talked about mercury, there's lead, there's cadmium. And so what's occurring is that you've got neurons that are surrounded by helper cells called glial cells. And it's those glial cells that basically are designed to get rid of the uh, toxins and also provide nutrients to the neurons. And when those glial cells get overloaded, that's when issues with uh, dementia occur. So all the things that you can do to reduce toxicity in the body can also help reduce toxicity in the brain.
0: Very interesting. Good ideas. Well, Michael, your book and your practice has uh, changed my life uh, and thousands of people. Uh, and I thank you for that. Uh, but for those people out there who want to purchase the book or want to contact you about being a patient, can you uh, give our listeners your website and contact information again?
1: Uh, sure, Jamie. Dr. Uh, DrGallister.com d-r-g-a-l-i-t-z-e-r.com uh phone number 800-392-2623 and so you can uh fill out the sheet to be a patient on the, your website you can order the book from the website or you can call us uh to make an appointment and we'd be happy to help you and uh happy to see you get to to be healthier than where you are right now
0: i'll also post your information on my website uh, www.clothogenics.com and michael i want to thank you again for sharing your time with us today and the protocols of your practice again i'm lucky to have been rewarded by you as my physician and friend and i hope others reach out to you to achieve outstanding health too.
1: All right, Jamie, you have a great day and I'll look forward to seeing you again real soon.